today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Jamie here. And Jason. I was stunned this morning when I saw the quarterback uh, of the Dolphins um, being carried off on a stretcher, and then they showed the hit. And what happened to him after as his hand seized up, and then you see what happened to him last Sunday. He was not fit to play, and they let him play. So two I mean, am I wrong? Tagovailoa, the quarterback, great quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, one of the young studs of the league, uh, was carted off the field yesterday after suffering head and neck injuries. In a really, I mean, it, it, within the course of play, it wasn't anything uh, illegal, but really gruesome hits. He, he was sacked, his back hit, then his head really slammed off the turf, and he was taken off. And we've seen this before that when somebody suffers a concussion on the field, uh, or it doesn't have to be on a field, but it typically is, their arms will go out. And it's a reflexive. I, I've read about this. It's very it's a brain. It, 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 it's a reaction that the brain has. Where it, right. I mean, we know that. What I'm getting at is on Sunday he had a huge yep. problem, and he was walking, and he was having trouble walking, and there were such clear signs. Yeah, I, and in their last, yeah, this is the last game against the Buffalo Bills. He collapsed. On, he tried to get up after a sack, c- couldn't. His legs wobbled. His leg wobbled. He fell. Yes. And then they brought him and to the medical a, tent. And, and, and I was watching today, Sanjay yeah. Gupta was talking about this, yes. where th- that's a huge sign, a warning yeah. sign. So he was brought to the medical tent, this is last thir- last Sunday, and immediately cleared and returned to the game and played the rest of the game. And then this happens where he suffers clearly another concussion. That w- We've heard nothing but player safety, player safety from the NFL for the last five years. And this was an abject failure of player safety. And, and, and I saw the coach this morning. Um... I believe it was the coach. He had done a news conference afterward, yes, yes. and basically saying, "Yes, we we this is what our you know we care about the safety of our players. It's our top priority." And and there it was like, so you're saying nothing was wrong here? Well, so so the coach and to this is the right thing to say. Said we defer to medical personnel and medical per, and it's they've the but NFL's, at a point I get it, but at a point when there yeah when you have clear signs right right the medical personnel. The deference to medical personnel is a good thing when the medical personnel is being very cautious. That's when they don't want coaches getting in and saying, no, 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 we need him. Get him back in there. But when the medical personnel is is clearing someone who very clearly is not ready to play, the coach has got to say, other people have got to step in. Somebody should, because it's so easy to say, well, I'll leave it to the medical personnel. If you're seeing a common sense issue where you see this guy can't walk properly, yeah. I mean, at a point, you confront the medical pre- personnel and say, what is that? You Tell me what that is. And if you're the coach, you didn't even need to confront them. You just say, I'm not letting it back in the game. I don't I, care what anybody I says. I mean, I would think it's so. It's not just the coach. It's a problem with the whole culture. That guy obviously felt physically how he felt, and he did not feel comfortable to speak up and say, this, something's wrong. Well, He's 24 years old. I players want to play. Think Jamie's, I think Jamie's But players right. want to play. It, it's not sta- He's a superstar player. He wants to get back in the game. And, and every player will tell you, they even if they know they have injuries, they want to get back in. It is standing up to those players. And that's why they've really taken it. The NFL has taken it out of the control of the team, of the coach, of the player, and giving it to third-party medical personnel. But here, that doesn't seem to have happened. There's there's an investigation I, I, that the I, NFL Players Association has undertaken. You know more about this than me, but I, I want to... I think Jamie's right, that if you... It, the culture right now is you should not complain. Mm-hmm. If there are... The, the reality is that if you really care about um, longevity in the game... 
yeah, you may miss the next game, but it's better to miss the next game than the next season or your career is over because in the long run, it's going to hurt you if you do it, but they can't speak out or they won't speak out because of the culture. And I don't yeah. know if that would change if it, it, I, I don't I don't think that's that's right. I, I just don't. I think that athletes want to play not because of the culture of pressure to make them play especially a guy like Tua who's a star and it was a very high draft choice the whole thing I think they want to play because they're athletes and they're competitive and they don't no, I, I get that yeah I, I just don't I, I think to a, a player the, the what they try to do is take it away from the players take the decision making away from the players because they always want to play and they want to take it away from the coaching staff because the players pressure the coaching staff and the coaching staff wants them to play because it gives them a better chance to win. They've That's been the effort of the NFL, but something to, to the overarching point we're making here, something clearly failed. There is no way based on what you saw last Sunday where he got hit last Sunday, his head slammed against the turf. He got up, tried to walk to the huddle Couldn't and do it. his legs yeah. wobbled and he collapsed. And that was not a physical injury. That was a mental neurological problem that he was having. Yet in 10 minutes, they put him back in the game. That is it's a crazy. failure. Yeah. And, you know, I look, I, I'm sorry for bringing it back to this. I don't think this whole Tom and Giselle thing is directly connected to this, to oh. injuries. But I think that, that it's part of it. For sure. And, for sure. you know, when, when somebody like Giselle looks at this, you know, it resonates. You bet. It's it just, funny you said that because the first thing I thought about, he's so young. I thought about his mom. I couldn't imagine. So, yeah, a yeah. wife also is going to get involved and say, you got to stop. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sure that was terrifying for the parents. I mean, for the parents, for everybody who cares about this kid. Uh, you know, he's 20, 23 years old. You 24, said 20, 24 years old. The way those arms jut out, it was ghastly. It's horrifying. It's yeah. ghastly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are going to move on. Trevor Noah. So, we actually got the tip last night from somebody who was in the audience that Trevor said this, and we couldn't make sense of it, um, that the, the initial tip was kind of wrong, which made it sound like it was his last show last night, which didn't really make sense to me. And it wasn't his last show, but Trevor Noah's hanging it up uh, for The Daily Show after seven years, actually yesterday, seven-year anniversary, and he announced that he's leaving the show. Um, we were told by people connected to Comedy Central, and I, based on what I know, I think this is accurate, that he's just got so much on his plate. He is so busy that it's a grind doing a daily show. Yeah. And he's uh, he's hanging it up. We don't know when he's going to actually leave. He's working with Comedy Central. Obviously, they need to find a replacement. I am told this is something that blindsided Comedy Central as well as everybody else, that nobody knew this was his plan, but he did it. I mean, it's been seven years. He came, he was a no-name in the United States. He was pretty famous in South Africa, as he even says um, when he was giving his little speech. Um, but it's changed his life. He got a primetime Emmy. He's been there seven years. Oh, he's hugely he's, famous He's now. hugely famous. He's now dating the most beautiful women in the world. Apparently, maybe even Dua Lipa. Um, yeah, it's time for him to move on. Is anybody else stunned it's been seven years? Yes. I, I'm, I'm yeah, stunned. Well, well you I, know why? Because of the pandemic. Yes, well, time froze. But I, I also remember very vividly his first couple days, yeah. all the criticism he was giving because he wasn't Jon Stewart. Right. And, you know, Jon Stewart was a legend and a lion and people loved him. And then Trevor Noah comes in. He was deeply unpopular initially and then qu quietly just kept doing the show and became sensationally popular. Yeah. Good for him. And, and I believe, was it Craig Kilborn who first co-hosted yes. it? Yes, yes. 
when he left, a lot of people thought John Stewart wasn't well, good. John Stewart completely changed the show. The show was not as politically. It was more of like pop right, culture, right. and he made it a very political, political satire. So now the question: Who? Uh, I mean, this is a spectacular lineup they've had. Yes, it's got to be a no name. That's what they've done all along. John Stewart yep. was a no name when he joined. How interesting, though. How, I mean, to me, just in terms of like running that show. What a what an interesting opportunity challenge it is yeah. to find that person mm -hmm. because now I don't think you count anybody out because you know fool me once fool me twice everybody counted John Stewart out they counted Trevor yeah. Noah out and now they're everybody is going to say okay I got to give this guy a chance even though I don't get him at first right or her yeah right. um, and I, I just think it's in terms of just producing yeah it's fascinating to be able to say. I'm going to find somebody you don't know, and I'm going to make a huge star out of that. Right. So let me ask you a question. We've had three in a row, Kilburn, Stewart, and Noah, all of them relatively young in their 30s, men, yeah. when they joined. Yeah. Great success, each of them. Mm -hmm. If you're the producers, it's it's really is time to have a woman host the show, but you've had this tremendous success with a line of pretty good-looking younger men. Do you just stick with that formula knowing that it works, or do you go and find a woman because it's time? I don't think this is about men or women. I think they just found three really good people, and there are women out there that could do this if, just if great. If they're looking for a woman, you know who would be perfect? Uh, I'm dying to hear. Do you remember Jamie Sarah? <laughs> yes, <laughs> call me. Um, do you remember Sarah Cooper? She got really famous because she would imitate the Trump videos, she would mouth them along. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do and remember she, her. They gave her a Netflix special. She blew up. She's so funny. She's so smart. Wow. Uh, do you know what I'm talking Have about? Have you read that or did you just come up with no, that No, right I just came up with that. Uh, I came up with that really right now. Good. I think Sarah Cooper would be amazing. Interesting. She's an African-American woman. Total different, you know. I don't know. Wow. I'll accept my check in the mail. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think you get paid for that. <laughs> so <Damn>. so <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. So do you think that there is pressure on Comedy Central to only look at women now. A thousand percent, and then everybody's going to hate it. And then, because that's what we do. Are we, you doing Trump? Everybody's going to hate it. <laughs> I know I better. think it was unwoke men generally. Yes, no, voice. everyone, and women, unwoke oh, okay, women. Enough, yeah, fine. everyone's going to hate her. And then they'll either just wait it out, and she'll be beloved eventually, or they'll get rid of her, and we'll get someone new. Okay. I just want to make one other comment. Yeah. Trevor Noah, I think, is sensational. Yeah. But when you said he won an Emmy, was which was one of the first things that you said. Yeah. Emmys, oh. Emmys are bullshit. Okay. Emmys are just <sighs> bullshit. Then why do we do anything? Then what is what no, is the point of why life? Why do we do it? We do it for the audience. It's like, uh, let me tell you why I think it's such bullshit. Because you have some? No. <laughs> well, I, yeah, that actually. Yeah. No, but no. But it, it, Bill Maher. Now, hold on. And I, look, I love Bill Maher, and you know I love Bill Maher. Ooh. But objectively, it's a hugely important show. It gets a lot of attention. I don't know anybody smarter on television than him. He didn't even get nominated. Just because you don't have an Emmy no, doesn't no. mean you're a loser. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, whether he wins or not, that's not irrelevant. He didn't even get nominated. And it's this woke, you know, this woke Hollywood bullshit of, you know, they hate him because he's actually gone after both sides. Bill is a liberal. He's a liberal Democrat. But sometimes he goes after Democrats because he thinks they're screwing up in terms of winning the next election. 
And he's made that clear. And sometimes he calls them out in their bullshit and he calls Republicans out a lot in their bullshit. But a lot of people have turned on him because they say, how dare you? Um, go after the left, you should only go after the right, which is just tribalism. There's such tribalism in Hollywood. It's crazy. And somebody like Bill Maher, who actually is a liberal Democrat because he dares to speak against them, he didn't even get nominated. And I think that just proves what bullshit it is. They're undoubtedly bullshit. All award shows are bullshit. They're just, but they are a measure of some fame or whatever. But your point's taken. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's also a great kisser. Bill Maher? <laughs> that was very good. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. I think this is really interesting, that... You know, a lot of politicians get judged on how they handle natural disasters. And the best example is what happened with Katrina mm -hmm. and how George W. Bush did a His shameful presidency fell apart. Shameful yeah. job. Yeah. He did a shameful job yeah. with that. Yeah. Shameful. And there's other examples of good and bad. Bill Clinton, it was a natural disaster, but reacting to the Oklahoma City bombing, his popularity was at a, a, an absolute lowest low. Oklahoma City happens. He was widely credited for his response to that, and he gained tremendous popularity uh, going into his running for his second term after that. There are legions of examples of people reacting poorly. Barack Obama got destroyed for the uh, BP oil spill in the Gulf of yeah, Mexico. Yeah, I forgot about he that. He lost a huge amount of credibility. I forgot early. about that. He had to claw his way back from that yeah. in order to be reelected. This is a huge litmus test for how well somebody can perform as a politician. So now we have Hurricane Ian and we have Ron DeSantis. And there is something really interesting about this. Obviously, you know, he is setting himself up to run for president. Yes. This was a an epic disaster. And the camaraderie between DeSantis and Biden is really interesting. Really interesting. They, they have uh, flattered each other over the last couple of days. Uh, Joe Biden said that uh, Ron DeSantis has, they've talked on the phone five or six times. They have been mutually complimentary to one another. Their responses, they have acknowledged the political differences they have. And by the way, Ron DeSantis has said some horrible things about the president. I'm not faulting him for it. That's politics. But some really awful things about President Biden and his leadership. But they are both making a concerted effort to put those kinds of criticisms aside, to come together, both of them saying that when you have lives at stake, it is no time to play politics with it. And that's interesting. It's a departure, if you remember, from Donald Trump, who said, remember when we had wildfires here in California, he criticized Gavin Newsom. He said he wasn't going to send federal aid to California because of his political differences with Gavin Newsom. Right. What a departure from that for both President Biden and for Ron DeSantis. Well, Trump was despicable for that. 
Yeah, despicable. Oh, it, was, it was horrible. It was it was a horrible thing. Uh, he held a political grudge against Newsom, and he took it out by by withholding yeah. federal funds which for wildfires, is, which is the way he ran his whole presidency. Right, and so you have, but you have a very different approach here, and this is an approach that harkens back to, frankly, a better time of American politics. Just before 2016, Barack Obama never would have done this. George W. Bush never would have withheld disaster relief based on political differences. I don't know anybody. I, well, look, we can't use Donald Trump as an example because yeah, he's, he's just not off liar the, and everything. He's out, yeah. off the rails, but. But it's interesting. I guess Donald Trump does play here because I think, you know, why is Biden complimenting him? I think part of it is because they're in it together. Yes. But the other part is that if you prop DeSantis up, you push Donald Trump down. Yeah. And I think, I think Biden wants to do that. That's interesting. Do you think, Jamie, like Jamie, what do you think? Do you, I was thinking it reminds me of a praying mantis before it like rips the head off of its prey. <laughs> well, who's the praying mantis and who's the well, prey? That's to be seen. <laughs> TBD. No, but, but you know what I mean? I do. And that's a great theory because I'm sitting here really like thinking of like what on earth? Why? Why? I know we all want to help people, but there's always something, you know, and that's, well, a, good, could be that's a good thing. It could be. A pessimist stage is lip service. And this is what you have to say not to turn off voters. But if they really said what they wanted to say, they would not be so kind. Um, the other, the, just to take a potentially opposing view, and I don't even know, Joe Biden's best chances of winning a second term to the extent he wants a second term is Donald Trump being his opponent. I know that's the existential threat as well, but Ron DeSantis is a much better politician than Donald Trump is. And to me, as a Democrat, a much more, a bigger threat to the presidency than Donald Trump is. I get what you're saying, and I've thought about that. But on the other hand, you could say that if Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination, it is going to, I, I, I look, I, I'm the, the only party. person at this table who has any knowledge of firsthand knowledge of 1968 because you guys weren't born. Well, no, I was not. No, yeah. I was not even close <laughs> to born. I wasn't even close to born in when, 1968. Oh, shit. Um, okay, well, I was. And there, listen, there was, you know, Hubert Humphrey and Robert Kennedy and Eugene McGovern and- George McGovern. George Eugene McGovern, McGovern, excuse me. Um, and, you know, look, both McGovern and Kennedy were um, anti-war. Humphrey was kind of stuck. But, you know, at least the two of them, um, Kennedy and, and McGovern, I was, uh, I worked really hard for Robert Kennedy. And um, there was a divide there, even though they weren't necessarily worlds apart. And what I'm thinking is, is that if DeSantis gets the nomination, there are going to be a lot of disgruntled Trump fans who may not even vote, and that may help Biden. So, so it's it's it's, it's it, the, the thought that the party might might that, tear itself exactly, apart. Exactly. Right. Right. right it right. happened in '68. It know, happened in '68 without question. A, a, a winnable election for Democrats as yes. well. And right, they got annihilated because they tore themselves apart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway. There's something to that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last thing, Amber Heard. So she surfaced in Spain. Um, we haven't seen her, it turns out, in three months. We looked. Um, TJ Maxx, right? Last time we saw her? Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. Yeah. I never thought of that. Maxinista. No, and, and so it's been three months, and she has surfaced in Spain. And, you know, she doesn't have any movies that, she's, that are going into production. We checked. But I got to say, I, think, I don't think you can say Amber Heard's done. I really don't. I, I, uh, I don't want to, but 
I, I think she's done. Do you really? I do. And I, and it makes me sick because I don't know what this victory tour that Johnny Depp is on, that everybody, <laughs> like, he's still, it's dis- they're both despicable humans. What went on in the relationship was messed up. But I don't know why all of a sudden we think he's, like, this great guy and she is shunned and living in a different country now and just trying to be with her daughter. And It, it is remarkable. Even if you f- fully believe that Johnny Depp never laid a finger on her, and I think the vast majority of people do, and that's a reasonable opinion based on the evidence. It was the Even nuttiest relationship. Nutty. It was a nutty relationship. And he was, at the very least, verbally terribly abusive to her. Now, I'm not, again, well, look not at all, taking look sides at, at all. Like the texts and everything yeah, else. The texts were really, really Mean, rough. crazy drunk. And yeah. I don't know why we just, like, have amnesia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. Forget about Johnny Depp for a minute. He's fine. Amber Heard on her own. You, you don't have to... If you hate, if you love one, you don't have to automatically hate the other. I agree, but I don't think we treat women the same. I think she's done. She is washed up old news. I was trying to think of the people, I I was, to back your point, I was thinking of all the celebrities who have fallen from grace and we thought they're done, Robert Downey Jr. being a classic example. The best. But I'm trying to think if there's a woman who we thought was done. Yeah, I'm thinking, as soon as Jamie said that, I was trying to think myself. Uh, The only person, a little bit, Winona Ryder. But, but she's never really come back. She got a she got a show that happened to become enormously popular. Yeah. But it, but but she's, she's that, not the star of that no, show. That's right. true. And she has no cinematic movie career at why all. Why is that? Why is she not the star of the show? No, no, no. Why, why, why is that that women don't get that second chance? I mean, you need me to break down sexism? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah. Well, I, I I honestly Because there are women involved too. I mean, yes, half the country yes. is women. So why is it that I, it, it's a really good point, and I'm just honestly, I'm I'm asking, understanding that you could say I'm ignorant because I I understand the element of sexism. No, I and it's a great question, and the problem is it's so ingrained in my brain I don't even know how to like break it down and and explain I guess my own feelings. But I think it has everything to do with even appearances that women age differently than men, and that grosses our society out. When oh God, wrinkles, she looks tired. Yeah, but no, that's she's not 34. Am- but that's not Amber Heard. That's not Amber Heard. Uh, the trial did some damage to her. She she does not look like she did five years ago. But I don't think the reason that she might not bounce back has anything to do with her physical appearance. I don't She's either. still sensational looking. I, 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 I just I, think that there's now a new generation of hotter, younger women. Why do we need Amber? Let's get a freshie. But that has nothing to do with this trial. I, I think there, and I'm just, just throwing things out here. There is that a whole boys will be boys adage, and that doesn't apply to women, right? There's mm-hmm. no girls will be girls. It, it, it really is that... I think that men are more likely to oh, forgive them their sins, but a woman is tainted forever. And usually it applies to the sex context, and that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about she really was made to look awful during this trial. She was made to look well, like she you, was addictive and awful. There, the jury spoke, yeah. and the jury said she lied, yes. and the jury said she lied with malice. Yes. So if you embrace the jury verdict, that's a big statement. Yeah, although I will say based on what we heard anecdotally on our site and other other places and throughout social media that the verdict against Amber Heard was came out long before the verdict of the jury. Like people had turned against her in a no, really no, meaningful 100%. way before the verdict uh, well, of the jury. Almost immediately yeah. in the trial. Right, right, right. Okay, anyway, we're not going to solve it. Uh, have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday. 